0: Thanks for checking out this message from Radiant Life Church. Grab your Bible, and a pad of paper, and a pen. Let's dive in. I love being with you guys, and uh, we're in a, we're in for a special treat this morning, a special treat. Not often do we have guest speakers come at Radiant Life, but this is a very special guest speaker. That is not just he's not a guest speaker. <laughs> He's not a guest speaker. He's actually part of the Radiant Life family. He's family to us. And I'm so excited that he's here. Every once in a while, you see his beautiful face that he's here with us this morning. I'm not the person without the investment of him in my life. I love him so deeply. I'm so proud of him. He had a conversation with me eight years ago this month. He says, hey, we had breakfast together. You want to think about Sturgis? <laughs> no? Yes, fine. Right? But it was him that poured into my life. Take trips with him as he invests in me and it trickles effect. I'm not the leader without him. And my staff will tell you, I lead because he leads by example. And he's poured this into my life. So, can we give a warm welcome to my boss, by the way, the leader of the Great Lakes region? Dr. Chris Conrad, doctor.
1: Yeah, so like 10 days ago, thank you, Brandon, 10 days ago, I, uh, I defended my dissertation, um, and so I, I finished my PhD 10 days ago, and all that means is, is that, no, 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 that because here's the deal, my, it's like... I heard someone else who, you know, so I heard your dad, some daughter or some guy who got his, or some woman, I guess it was a guy. Hey, I heard your dad uh, is a doctor. Yeah, but he's not the kind that can help you. So, (laughs) that's the way it is. So, hey, good morning, Radiant Life. Now, here's the deal. Uh, For those of you who have never suffered through a message of Chris Conrad, um, I'm the guy that should be on Ritalin and is not, okay? (laughs) And uh, that's just the way it goes. But can I just tell you, Um, I, I'm so thankful that, that Pastor Ryan said what he said at the very beginning and made himself turn red. I'm really grateful because I'm usually the guy that says that kind of stuff and now it's done and I've got good dirt on him and I'll use that at some point in the future. But, uh, can I just say it? I'm blessed to oversee 170 churches in the three state area and, um, I, I, I'll just go on record. This is uh, my favorite church out of 170. Um. And um, it really is, and um, and I just I think the world of your pastor. And um, the thing is, is that sometimes I'm glad you do. Sometimes uh, you don't realize how good you have it uh, when you're sitting in it. Uh, but um, Ryan, I'm just so proud of you and uh, your obedience to Holy Spirit and what you have allowed Him to do in your life. Um, you have the very best pastor, and you have the very best staff. Uh, of anybody in there. So can we just thank Jesus for them? Because, yeah. Super, super, super grateful for them. But not only that, you guys are fantastic. As a matter of fact, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor right now and just say, you are fantastic. Like, go ahead. You're like fantastic. You're so cool. Now, here's the deal. The deal is, is that I've worked really hard on a message, And I knew what Holy Spirit, at least I thought I knew what Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about. And then, J.B. got up here and he read from Mark 10. And I said, oh, nuts! Like, because the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to speak out of Mark 10. And I said, then I had this conversation with the Holy Spirit. I said, yeah, but last time I came to Radio Life, I changed my message at the last time too. At the last minute. And I said, I can't do that to Ryan again twice. Like, So, he, Holy Spirit said, do them both! And uh, so we're going to be here for the next three hours, and it'll be great. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach the first message for about five to seven minutes, and then I'm going to preach the second one, okay? All right, here's it. Sometimes we don't recognize who we really are, and we need to recognize who we are. Now, I know some of you are thinking, that guy's whacked out. What did he mean by that? Well, let me help you here, because if you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I want you to know you've picked a great church where you can hear about this amazing God who loves you deeply, and you can actually begin a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. If you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I want to remind you of who you are, and I want to remind you of that out of Isaiah chapter 49. This is such a great passage of Scripture. I love this. Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child that she's born? But even if that were possible, I wouldn't forget you. This is God speaking to you. See, I have written your name on the palm of my hands. God is all tatted up on his hand, and you're on God's hand. God's got this huge hand, and your name is on it. And he's not going to take it off. He ain't breaking up with you. He's not going to try and get it untatted. God actually adores you. Not only that, check this. for. I love Zephaniah 3.17. For the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty Savior. Say mighty Savior. Mighty savior. He will take delight. Say delight. delight. God takes delight in you. He, he takes the world of you. I don't care what your sister, your mama, your daddy, how they treated you. God takes delight in you. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. We don't have to live in anxiety. We live in a day and age right now just rampant with anxiety. And God is saying, oh, no, 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 no. If you will live with an awareness of my love and that I delight in you, you don't have to live with anxiety. And he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Do you know that God sings over you? He never stops thinking about you. God's in the shower and he's singing a song about you. Constantly. He absolutely loves you. John 15, it says that Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And not only that, Ephesians, oh, I love this. Ephesians chapter one, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, say every, every, spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Without fault. When God thinks of you, when, when God looks at you, he doesn't see the faults and the formals. He actually sees you perfect and holy because of what Jesus has done. That's mind boggling to me. That really is. Because when I tend to think of myself, I think of all the things that are not quite right yet. But when God looks at you, he sees you as who you are through Christ. I'm so thankful for that. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what God wanted to do and it gave him, say these words, great pleasure. God adopted you into his family And it geeked him out. Like he was really happy about it. No lie. So my wife and I went 16 years without being able to have children. And we finally were able to adopt from the country of Ukraine in 2006. And we worked for all these years, all these years, to be able to adopt. And we finally were sitting in this little tiny office in Kiev, Ukraine, and we're sitting in this office and the first question they ask after all these years of of all the work we had to do to get to this point this lady looks across the table from us and she says so you come to Ukraine do you still want to adopt? (laughs) No! I'm just here on a pleasure trip thank you that's why I'm here and, and we brought these two girls home and it brought my wife, and I married way over my head, it brought my wife and I great pleasure. But that that pales in comparison to the fact that you are an adopted son or adopted daughter of the Most High God. You are a favored son or a favored daughter of the Most High God. and And adopting you brought him great pleasure. Now, why is that important? Because if you'll actually live with that, then all of a sudden you'll begin to recognize the assignment that God has given you. And that comes to us out of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Here we go. God brought us back to himself through Christ. He adopted us. And God has given us now the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he's now given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Say ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. So we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. See, here's the deal. You are now a full-time ambassador for God. You're no longer a student. You're no longer a dental hygienist. You are no longer a mechanic. You're no longer a bus driver. You're no longer you fill in the blank. Whatever you are, that's not who your identity is. Who you are is an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And what happens is I've got to understand I've been adopted by God and now he's changed Who I am, and therefore what my calling is. And my calling is to be an ambassador. Now, why is that important? Because in two weeks' time is Easter, and there's a whole lot of people in Sturgis and in the surrounding community that desperately need to know that God loves them, that He wants to adopt them, and they're living lives without purpose, without meaning, without a sense that God actually is smitten by them. And as a result of that, they're trying to find meaning and purpose in all kinds of ways. And God has placed you at your workplace. God has placed you at your school. God has placed you in your neighborhood because you are to be an ambassador for him at that place. And he's begging you this morning, would you please allow me to work through you and just do a simple invitation to Easter? Would you please? Because that co-worker, that fellow student that sits next to you, I love them. And that's who we are. We are ambassadors for him. Message number one, done. <laughs> Did you get it? Did you get it? Did it go down in here? Who are you? I'm a what? What? Okay, praise God. When you leave here, who are you? You are a. Ambassador. Okay, so. Woo, full time. Not part time, full time. Defines who you are. Okay, number two. When you, when you go to Starbucks, when you go to Big B, when you go to Walmart in your pajamas, you are an ambassador for Jesus. That's who you are. Okay, now. Second message. By the way, um, I I have a couple can can I have 30 seconds of just privilege? Can I just do that? So JB, your your worship pastor, Josh, said to me a couple years ago, Chris, you need to do a podcast. And I looked at him, I said, you're on drugs. I'm never going to do a podcast. I don't need, there are too many good podcasters out there. I don't need to cloud the airwaves with my stupid voice. I just don't need to do it. And he said to me, no, you really need to do one. And so about, I don't know, what was it, Josh? Eight months ago or something like that, we started one called Spirit Anointing Leadership that's now reaching um, a whole lot of people um, and serving a need in our little region. Um, and God's doing some really cool stuff through that. It never would have happened if Josh wouldn't have challenged me. You got to start a podcast. And I just want to say thanks to you, Josh, for that. I really do. Thanks, you. But here's the deal. So Josh gets up this morning, and again, he reads out of John. Excuse me. He reads out of Mark, chapter 10, and the Holy Spirit said, "I need you to do that message this morning." I said, "Okay. Well, I'll be faithful to Ryan and give the first message, and then I'll I'll go into the second one." So here we go. I'm going to read this really quickly. It's going to be up on the screen. And can I just say, I literally in the middle of the Dove song, which is the second song we sang this morning, uh, and by the way, Josh and I were there when that song was actually introduced by Carrie Job. And people at the blind coat was so cool. Uh, so it's cool to hear that here. But um, So I'm back in the back, and I'm saying, hey, I'm totally going to change my message. And all the scriptures up on the screen now, they made happen. So can we just thank the tech team for, like, just rolling with the punches? They're awesome. So there we go. Mark 10. As Jesus and his disciples left Jericho, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. No, yelled. Be quiet. 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 Right? So they just wanted him to shut up. But he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. The crowd will be so fickle. The crowd around you will be so fickle. The very same people that said, shut up, are now the people who say, oh, come on. (laughs) Jesus wants to talk to you. People will be so stinking fickle around you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. There will be things that you have to be willing to give up and lay down and lay aside if you want everything that Jesus has for you. What is it? And I'm not trying to be strange here. What is it? And by the way, WD, yeah, or, does, or WM does not stand for waste management. <laughs> it stands for West Michigan, the district that I used to be serving. Okay, so here, here, here's the deal. Uh, what do you have to lay down? Some of you need to lay down porn. Some of you need to lay down anger. Some of you were deeply hurt by someone in the past and you need to lay down bitterness because it's still in there and it comes out. So Jesus says, hey, bring Barnabas. Come on, bring him. Barnabas had to lay something down. And then he gets in front of Jesus and Jesus says, hey, Bart, what do you want me to do for you? Now, is that not the stupidest question you've ever heard? <laughs> Hi, Jesus, I'm standing in front of you. I'm blind. Bart, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, I want a new Cadillac. <laughs> oh, wait, there are not cars in 30 AD. Okay, uh, I want a new house. I, I want a lake house. That's what, I want a lake house, Jesus. What I want, I want, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to retire in Hawaii, Jesus. Oh, wait, Hawaii hasn't been discovered yet. Uh, Is that not the stupidest question that anyone has ever asked someone? What do you want me to do for you? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. Maybe Jesus looked past his blindness into his soul. Because Bartimaeus had spent most of his life with a cardboard sign. Blind. Somebody please give me some change. Loose change. Loose change. Loose change. Please, loose change. I'm blind. Loose change. And what had happened is, is that that had impacted his soul. It had now become his identity. He'd probably been made fun of when he was a kid. People probably kicked dirt on him. And Jesus actually looked past the blindness and said, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you on the inside? Could it be that Barnabas actually left some healing on the table? Could it be that Jesus actually wanted to do more for Bartimaeus than what Bartimaeus experienced that day? I have a, I have a dear dad who's actually gone on to be with Jesus now. I love my dad. Dad, I'm um, not exactly sure what happened. I think when my dad was 17 or 18 years old, he got deeply hurt by someone or something. And he shut down emotionally. And my dad was 84 years old when he went to go be with Jesus. And he never woke back up emotionally. Oh man, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, he was on the board of the church that I grew up in and I grew up in a really large church and a live church, a church where people were coming to know Jesus, just like what's happening at Radiant Life. It was a great church. A lot of good things were happening. My dad sat on that board. My dad was known by a lot of people in the church. Everybody knew who my dad was. My, my mom was really, and so my parents, were, my dad sat through hundreds, my dad sat through thousands of services. He never let Jesus heal his heart. He just kept it guarded. And everyone around him was impacted by that. Oh, he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. But there was so much more healing that Jesus wanted to bring. Can we go back to the beginning for just a minute? Not the beginning of my message, but to the very beginning. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve blew it, right? They sinned. And when they messed up, when they sinned, what's the first thing that they did? How'd they respond? Now they hid. And Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. See, they felt exposed, and they didn't like that feeling. They didn't like the feeling of being exposed. Now, again, Adam and Eve did it to themselves. For you, maybe what happened is that someone did it to you. Maybe someone raped you. Maybe someone sexually assaulted you. Maybe a parent Said some really mean things to you, or a coach said some really mean things to you. Maybe you had an alcoholic father or mother. Maybe someone in your life said something or did something that deeply wounded you. And it's still impacting you till this day. And what we do is that we conceal that. We bury it deep within our souls. It's not healed, it's just concealed. It's not healed, it's just concealed. And Jesus, who loves us so much, is here this morning and he actually wants to bring healing to it. He doesn't want you to walk out with that thing just concealed. He actually wants you to do a very, very brave thing. Bring it to the surface and allow him to heal it. Because here's the thing about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve... They didn't actually allow God to heal them. How do I know? Because what, what they ended up doing is, I'm sure they had a dysfunctional home. They had a bunch of kids, including Cain and Abel. What happens? Cain ends up killing Abel. Because of the, the dysfunction that he grew up in. See, here's the deal. Whatever we don't allow Holy Spirit to transform, we transmit. Come on now. Whatever we don't allow the Holy Spirit to fully transform inside of us with, how many of you, how many of you grew up in a situation and your mom and dad said something or did something, and you said to yourself, "When I'm an adult, I ain't never going to do that." And then you became an adult. Right? So I told this in the first service, this just the most natural one. I've got like a dozen I could share with these. But this is, a, I don't know, I think the funniest one. And that is just that, so again, I grew up in the church, all this kind of stuff. And so uh, my mom was the keyboard player of the church I grew up in. And so uh, we'd show up at church, no lie, every Sunday morning at 7.30. And we did three services and we'd go home at 12. I mean, we'd be done at 12.30. And then we had to get back because we used to do this thing called Sunday evening service. Some of you have no idea what that is. We had to do church. we did church three times a week, folks. Like this is nothing. I mean, Sunday morning piece of cake. Like, but so we did. So we only had a few hours. So what would happen is we'd get in the car about twelve thirty, and my dad would turn to my mom and he would say, "Miriam," because that's my mom's name. "Miriam, where would you like to go to lunch?" And my mom would look back at him and say, Roy, I don't care, because Roy is my dad's name. Roy, I don't care. Where do you want to go? Well, Miriam, I know that you've been working hard all morning long, really. What sounds good to you? Roy, I would just love it if you would make the decision. Miriam, I really want to please you. So what, And I'm sitting in the back seat saying, would someone make a decision? <laughs> and this wasn't a one Sunday experience. It happened every single Sunday. Everything was Sunday, and it was so, so funny and stupid all at the same time. And then I became a pastor, and I got in the car with my much better half Mary after church, and I turned to Mary and I said, "Mary, where would you like to go to lunch?" <laughs> ah! Whatever we did. I'm going to stay in control of this relationship and I'm not going to let you really in because I've been deeply hurt. I feel so much shame because of what has happened to me that I've shut down a bit emotionally. And I'm not going to let God touch that. I'm so deeply wounded by what someone said or someone did to me that that's gone inside and I don't want anyone to know. I've had an abortion. I paid for someone to have an abortion. I was sexually abused and I swore that no one would ever be able to hurt me again. My dad had a real bad temper. And I saw the back of his hand. I just longed for someone to look me in the eye and say that they believed in me. that They were proud of me. My parents been dead for a long time and I'm still trying to win their favor. And we sit through Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And Holy Spirit invites us just like Jesus invited blind Barnabas. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus went to a cross and felt all kinds of pain and agony so that you could experience the power and the freedom to walk away from whatever it is that has deeply impacted you in your past. And I'm just begging you this morning. I I don't mind begging. I'm begging you this morning with my cardboard sign would you allow the Holy Spirit to transform so that you won't transmit? I sense the Holy Spirit between the two services just speaking to my own heart and saying to me, Chris, how real are you going to be? You know, I've become aware of some of the own, my own stuff. In the last six or seven months, a fresh awareness of some stuff that I've been transmitting because I haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to transform. And now I'm, I'm asking Holy Spirit to bring transformation to that area of my life. I was deeply hurt as a little kid. Deeply hurt. And I've managed my life to make sure that I'm in control of Relationships. I can do that really well. I'm really good at that. Because it keeps me safe. But it's not the best that Jesus has for me. So there's an invitation on the, on the table from Holy Spirit to say, Will you let me bring healing to that place? Because if you will, I actually will bring healing to that place. And I've actually gone back to the places where, when I was a little kid, where I felt such deep pain and asked and invited Holy Spirit to come into that space and to actually bring his healing to that time. And it's beginning to transform me. He's beginning to change me from the inside out. So let me just ask you, When was the last time you were willing to be really real with God? And just be really honest with him. And say, God, I've got this, I don't know, again, temper, shame, habit, personality, quirk inside of me. And I sense that you want to bring change to it. Okay. Can we just have a mass confession for just a second? How many of you have one area of your life that probably needs to be transformed at least a little bit by the Holy Spirit? The rest of you are lying and you're in church. (laughs) Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know, when I sit down and stand up, (laughs) you know, my thoughts when I'm far away. Dang it. (laughs) You see, when I travel, when I rest at home, you know, everything I do, everything. Yeah, everything. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I can't hide from you because to you, the night shines as bright as a day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Before I was a twinkle in anybody's eye, God, you saw me. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. There wasn't a moment in your life when you were being abused or hurt that God wasn't there saying, I'm ready to bring healing to it now. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. God thinks of you so often that it's more than the grains of sand on the planet Earth. Do you get the idea of how much you're loved? And when I wake up, you're still with me. And after all that, then David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. What does it look like for us this morning? March 26, 2023. To just say, Holy Spirit, search me. Point out those things in me that I've tried to cover, that I've concealed, that I haven't let you transform and therefore I'm transmitting on other people. And it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. man, my daddy went to go see Jesus when he was 84. It would've, I would have been fine if he would have allowed Jesus to heal him when he was 82. And I would have gotten two really good years with my daddy. doesn't matter the age. It's just a question. Will you let Jesus heal you? That spot. Because here's the thing if we're going to be the awesome ambassadors for Christ that he wants us to be, then people around us are going to want to see that healing and wholeness in this newness in us. And we'll be more effective because they'll see, you know what? You are you don't have the same temper that you, you, you're freer, you're more filled with joy. You're actually an, an awesome person to be around. Like you're not trying to control everything. Like, you're not anxious anymore. You used to be, you just used to always freak out about everything and now you don't get anxious about stuff. So here's the thing. Can I just be, I'm just going to be boatload honest with you and in the last 75 seconds then I'm going to sit down. I want to invite you to do something really, really bold. And that is to allow that stuff to come to the surface and to give it to God and allow Him to bring healing to your spirit and your heart. Again, it might be porn, it might be shame, it might—it could be, a, a, you know, literally a hundred different things. Some of you, you need to come to the front and give it to the Lord here, because that would be a testimony to tell the. Remember the word of prophecy that we heard earlier. You just need to stamp on the enemy's head and tell him no more. And I'm going to come to the front and I'm just going to say, God, you bring healing. And I'm trusting you to do that. Some of you can stay right where you are. I don't get any more kudos from God however many people come to the front. But here's what I know. There have been times in my life when coming to the front sealed it for me. And some of you need to have that sealed inside of you. I am, I'm going to start loving my spouse like I've never loved them before. I'm going to start loving my kids and telling my kids how proud I am of them like I've never done that before. I'm going to start walking with confidence and boldness because of who Jesus has made me and I'm no longer going to allow shame to destroy me. I'm not going to allow the words of some coach or something to destroy me anymore. I'm not going to allow a decision I made and a mistake I made back then to shape my life anymore. I'm going to go forward with the power, the resurrection power of Jesus from this day on. Please, please don't leave here the same as you walked in. Please allow the Holy Spirit to do surgery on your heart in the next few moments. And if you need to come forward to seal that, please do that. If you need to kneel at your seat, please do that. But let Jesus heal you. Please don't be like my daddy. Please don't be like him. Please allow the Holy Spirit to do the work he wants to do. So that you will no longer transmit You've been transferred
0: thanks for listening to this message from Radiant Life Church to get to know us better check out the Radiant Life Church be sure to follow us on Facebook YouTube and Instagram